Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. Welcome to Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy. Before we go back to the normal weekly episodes in August, I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology. And three times a week, Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday, I'm going to be speaking with a different comedian. You can go to threadup.co.uk for our counselling professional partners. They're there to support you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy. For as little as £5 a month, you get access to loads of bonus content, exclusive video and audio, plus free tickets to future live shows. Psychomedy.co.uk for all the links. Your donations really help us out to keep this podcast going. Enjoy the show. So, joining me today on Psychomedy, it's Cliff Barnes. Cliff, hello. Hello, Nathan. You all right? I'm not bad. How are you? I was listening to you on the Big Fats Cult Movie podcast recently, saying, oh. you're, saying you've been pretty good, and lockdown has been good to you. Is that, is that still the case? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been really nice. I mean, I think now that things are... Lockdown is easing. I think <laughs> I'm starting to think that I'm quite bored of sitting at home but there's nothing going on out there still. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I am starting to get a little bit frustrated, uh, itchy feety. But, yeah. um, but what is there to do? Well, I can tell you what there is to do, Cliff, if you <laughs> haven't heard. The brilliant Carolina Brunswick is opening this Saturday. And we've invited you here today. This is to remind you, you are the head honcho of the Carolina Brunswick pub. And I knew there was a reason I was down there <laughs> uh, screwing table numbers onto the tables today <laughs> for our new, new uh, table service system. Oh yeah, nice. You're a waiter now. Yeah. So if people don't know, I'm sure everyone does, you are, yes, the head honcho of that pub, but it is also a legendary comedy venue. Um, so we wanted to do a kind of pub opening promoter special here. So are you excited that the pubs are opening and you're going to be a waiter now? I'm not going to do any of the serving, as I never do, because that's not my job. I own the place, I don't work there, apart from uh, putting comedy on upstairs, yeah. but we can't do that in a minute. But anyway, obviously I've been helping um, make sure that it's all going to be open in a responsible and safe fashion as per the guidelines, Yeah. Um, but whether it's financially viable remains to be seen. Yeah, so is it, uh, so it's tricky reopening is it with all these rules i noticed on your facebook that um people are going to have to give phone numbers and names i don't know if that's going to oh. work with people oh, giving you the name really? donald duck and yeah isn't it? Isn't it? it's totally <laughs> going to be that um we if we'd be told we have to do it yeah we have to take everyone's name and contact details as they walk in the doors and um i mean People are just uncooperative, <laughs> especially when it comes to things like that, especially when it comes to people who spend a lot of time in pubs who uh, tend to be on the more kind of, um, shall we say, uh, conspiracy theorist side <laughs> and think that anything to do with taking your name and uh, contact details, is, <laughs> it means 
companies there now. The property of UK PLC, which <laughs> if you can go to company's house and find out that United Kingdom is actually a company and we are all cogs in its wheel. <laughs> we are all employees or slaves. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't, that's not what I believe. That's what I've been told by a regular. <laughs> Just pass them on to me, and that can be my mailing list when I'm next playing there. That's, uh... No, they won't. They won't join <laughs> any mailing lists. <laughs> unless, you, unless you want 500 Mickey Mouses on your mailing list. <laughs> yeah. So 500 would be nice. very nice. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, best of luck with that. Um, I mean, is, yeah. the, is the Caroline going to be okay? You say your costs go down when it's not open. You know, a lot of venues have been you know uh, asking people to help out financially is the caroline going to be okay or we're going to have to save our caroline very soon um i don't want to go down that route of begging for money yeah uh the government did like for all its flaws did do one good thing and give small businesses 25 grand at the start of lockdown yeah and you, you say you've been okay pretty good in lockdown but do those pressures mm. i mean has that made it up and down how have you been kind of no. health wise have you been like <laughs> it's been stressing fine no, because right. there, because <laughs> there are no stresses when the pub's shut. <laughs> Maybe you should give up the business. You seem happier than ever. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you, my my bank account is just the business bank account is is stable when there's yeah. uh, nothing happening. When there's no not many outgoings. That's what I found you know, as a comedian. You know, you never you never earn so much money than when you're not doing comedy. You know, yeah. you're not travelling around the country losing well, exactly. money. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I can have a, there could be a good week at the pub and uh, the bank account will obviously be bigger than mm. it was a few weeks ago. But between then and then, there is a bit where it dips below because of all the extra costs of buying in more stock and yeah. stuff like that. So it's up and down and up and down. You never actually see like one of these curves where your financials are going. <laughs> it's always, oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it, Cliff. I feel I feel your pain. Mm. So yes, apart from apart from the pub, you um, yeah, you work for Imperial College, that right? Doing the doing the IT, and oh, I believe I, I believe you do some stuff at Chelsea and Westminster Hospital with a I with a good too. friend of mine, Simon, <laughs> out of Trevon Simon, your bestie. My bestie, yeah. <laughs> BFF. So, um, yeah, well, um, I mean, I, I have an office in Chelsea and Westminster, among other hospitals where we uh, support, um, you know, important people. Yeah. Fighting COVID, among other things. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, the, my office in Chelsea and Westminster happens to be the next thing along from um, Simon's uh, Medi Cinema. Yeah. Small world, small world. No, I don't actually know him. Never met him. <laughs> well, you surely, you surely passed me out the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I've got it in, haven't I? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was the next guest on Nathan's podcast after <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, he's a lovely man. He's a lovely man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> nice. so I think I'll be all right. Oh, it's great to see you sound so positive. I mean, I've spoken to obviously many comedians during this and is that the trick to not be a comedian for, for, for some positive mental health how do you maintain this positive outlook i don't know man mental health is something that i've never had to worry about i've, I've never barely even used the words because mm. i am i don't know i I'm, i i just face all adversity with 
I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what it is. I, this does concern... Does it concern me? <laughs> don't let it concern you. Don't let the lack of mental health issues give you mental health issues. I don't, want, don't, I don't know why. I don't know. I, I just... I've never That's great, let anything man. upset me. That's great. It's great. Really good. <laughs> great. Great. Um, and you've been doing some fun stuff in... Loads. Lock, lockdown. You've been doing your live horror quiz. Which oh, yeah, okay. I, the thing your... is, I, I, I'll tell you something about me that I don't quite understand is I just seem to be, I, I feel like I'm lazy, mm. but I'm always doing stuff, always finding things to do, always finding stuff to keep me busy. Yeah. yeah. And, and always making sure I do it really well <laughs> to the best of my abilities. Yeah, yeah. I always feel like I'm such a lazy bastard. I spend so much time just sitting around the sofa watching quiz shows and movies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I um, at the start of lockdown, I decided to run a weekly horror quiz spin-off from my podcast that I do with four, four comedians. Yeah. Um, so Sunday nights, 5.30pm for 12 weeks, just finished because I basically, it was getting a bit much to come up with. Come up. Mm. I had all the answers delivered at the end in a five or six minute long answer video, which mm. I would spend days previously putting together to make it as fun as possible and as weird. And, and like, so I'd, I'd, and then like there were rounds where I'd recreate um, <laughs> famous scenes from horror films uh, using initially just myself and my camera and some costumes that I'd found out in the wardrobe. Or oh, I should have off. come on this. Yeah, yeah, it was great. great. And then, and then in, in the latter episodes, I started uh, animating them with like oh, modeling wow. clay and bits of paper cutouts and stuff. And right. it, was, it was just getting really hard work to outdo myself each week. But that's, that's my fucking problem. When I decide to start something, I don't just think, you know, I, I could have just sat there and asked 25 questions and <laughs> said, right, bye then. I hope you did well. <laughs> but... I had to make it a show, didn't I? I had to make it a show. Well, you've watched so many shows over the years, Cliff. Uh, well, you know what you're doing. I was now. one of these kids who um, used to make my pretend, like, pretend radio shows with a tape recorder and shit like that. And yeah, just yeah. Const constantly imagine I was presenting TV. And there's still a bit of that. In me. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, it was, it was a bit of a kind of self, uh, a dream made true by myself. Yeah, that's great. That, I yeah, yeah, I noticed on your Facebook you said you like you were buzzing for an hour after mm. the shows. You know, as I say, you've watched so much comedy over how many years have you been watch? You know, promoting shows at the Caroline and uh, well, probably about eleven, I think. Yeah, yeah. You, you must have watched thousands mm. of shows. Obviously, mine is the only one that you probably remember. But um, <laughs> you've watched, <laughs> well, I was thinking you must because um, because your shows are not those shows that. Uh, like, you know, you've got 20 minutes of material followed by another 20 minutes of material followed by another 20 minutes. You, like, put a fucking story, not just a story, but uh, uh, a trick. It's like <laughs> a magic trick of, of stand-up is how you do your shows. Yeah. And you must think, how can I outdo myself every year? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm doing the Buxton Fringe next week. I'm the first comedian to be doing a proper Fringe show next week. So there we go. But, Seriously, yeah. have that happen in front of an audience or...? In a, in a park, I'm doing it to an audience of five people, oh. so we're just a group of six. So I've got oh, around wow. the rules that way. So yet again, I'm pulling off a trick. I, I want oh, that's to. brilliant. So yeah, but I can't wait to be doing the Caroline again in uh, hopefully it's October, November, the Brian Fringe. But has, what's the, what are the reasons why you haven't done live performance then over the years, watching so much and getting a buzz from it? Um, 
uh yeah i think that might be the laziness that i mentioned um <laughs> i did uh for one or two summers i comp i think one one summer i compared all the edinburgh previews and okay. the following summer just when i could be asked and i never <laughs> wrote anything for it it was all just shit that came into my head on the walk down from my house to the venue um yeah. so i never had anything much planned i did okay some of okay. them were a bit shit some of them went okay and i enjoyed it but i didn't really it seems like a lot of effort to to <laughs> write comedy to repeat the things you, you've written over and over again until it works it is a lot of effort Clint. yeah it's a lot of effort have you got any work going in the pub basically that's what i'm asking oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the, i mean the films thing with you and tv i know we have a mutual love of much tv but the films thing i don't I tend to not to watch films because I'm an old man who falls asleep within about 10 minutes. But your love of films, you know, it's really taken to the nth degree. I've seen that, you know, you watch a film a day and uh, horror films, you know, particularly mm -hmm. you've been yep. posting about. And as you say, you do this uh, podcast, the Devil Times Five Horror Podcast, you know. It's um, watching a film a day. I mean, that's... Uh... Yeah, I don't, I don't like, you know, intentionally, I've got to watch a film every day. But mm. I do end up watching... Probably, a film every day. <laughs> well, yeah, like probably <laughs> 500 a year in total, of which wow. about amazing. four, of which at least 350 are things that I've never seen before. <laughs> That's amazing. Is, is there a, I mean, your, your knowledge must outshine Mark Commode and people. Is, is there a, is there well, a, well, when it comes a, to is, horror, <laughs> I mean, I am definitely an expert. Yeah. 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 I, I've never really done much with my expertise until this podcast. Yeah. Not this podcast, my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've been building up to this podcast <laughs> and meeting Simon out of Trevor and Simon. Um, so is there a book inside you? Are you going to take this to the next level, your love of uh, horror films particularly? Again, this sounds like hard work. Too lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you say that's a, that's a, you know, it's a strange thing. You say when you do something, you take, you do take it to the nth degree. The way you run the Caroline is always expertly, you know, the shows there are brilliant. You know, you do, I want to make it not like, lazy, but you're saying you're lazy. How, how does that work out? I don't know. I mean, if I was to write a book, I, I wouldn't want it to just be, you know, like a cover and a load of pages inside. <laughs> but like a pop-up book's already been done, but, but. Maybe a pop-up book of horror movies. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. But, but like, you know, an encyclopedia. Um, and not in book form. It would have to be, it would have to be something that, that had never been done before in that way. <laughs> I don't know. This is why, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to do things in an ordinary way, I suppose. <laughs> not if I don't think it'd be amazing. This is why you love my shows too, so much, you know. Don't do things in a standard... Ah, <laughs> in I a do standard love your shows. <laughs> I do love your shows. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. how, did, how did you get into the, the pub and then the... Presumably the pub came first and then the comedy promoting came, did it? Yeah, so I was... Um, I mean, life story. I was going, just bumming around like temp work and stuff. And mm. then a mate of mine who works at Imperial said, oh, fancy doing some IT support here. I was like, I don't really know much about IT support. I don't know if I could. He goes, that'd be all right, because things were slack back then. So I got the job basically <laughs> on the basis of him being my mate. Um, did that for six years. And then me and my wife were having a pub called Round Brighton. Most of the pubs were just really samey. They'd all play this thing uh, that was big in 2006, 2005, uh, called Laid Back Funky Grooves. That's what they put on all their posters, where our music policy is Laid Back Funky Grooves. <laughs> and you know it was all like you know that um what are they called nouvelle vague 
they who did those bottom over <laughs> covers of <laughs> yeah. 80s synth pop songs and stuff like that. Oh, fuck it out. We can do a better pub than this. Um, and we went to pub school for three days up in Derby. Uh, then we went to another pub school. Pub school, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it was all right. Learn how to run a pub. Yeah, basically. Uh, the, right. one in Dar- the one in Derby was like a sort of introduction to running the pub. Does this sound like something you fancy? Mm. And we were like, yes, that sounds like something we fancy. So um, then we got involved with Punch Taverns, as they were called then, who, uh, which don't exist anymore. Uh, they uh, were like, yes, you sound like you could do well, or you could be good publicans. So what you need to do is go to our five-day uh, pub school in Surrey. And uh, that's where we learned things like, from the woman who, who hosted the, the teacher, learn things like you're not allowed to put things on your pub door saying no gays allowed. So you have to think of other ways to to put them off. <laughs> Great <laughs> advice for Brighton. Cliff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Did she really say that? Yeah, oh yeah, literally God. said that. Yeah. Oh my God. And this was 2005. Five, 2006. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> There's that and gypsies. She really didn't like gay people or gypsies. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, then we, we um, bought the pub that we chose out of a, a few that we'd been looking around. And um, we were nominated Best new- Newcomers at the Publican Awards that year. Amazing. And yeah, and went up to the uh, Grosvenor, Ho- Grosvenor House Hotel, Grosvenor Ho- Hotel in Park yeah. Lane, um, where uh, the dynamic duo Alan Carr and Justin Lee Collins were hosting the award ceremony. Okay. Yeah, nothing against Alan Carr. <laughs> <laughs> so did that did that fire your interest in maybe doing some comedy at the pub or? Uh, what then be there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, always, I've always loved comedy. Um, yeah. No, it, it was just a case of like, you know, Brighton Fringe came around the following year. A few people said, have you got an upstairs space we can use for, for a show? Yeah, great. So you've seen and got to know thousands of comedians over the mm-hmm. year. Their, their psychology is something we explore and have explored on this podcast, particularly over lockdown. There are often... Carl, are you going to ask me to name the, the, weird, the nuttiest <laughs> nut jobs I've, yeah. I've seen on the circuit? That's the question I'm leading up to. Let me, <laughs> let me, have, let me have a nice into it. No, of course not. Um, <laughs> I would never say nut jobs. I would say no, some, of course not. Some, have, <laughs> some have mental health issues. Uh, <laughs> often exacerbated by the job that we do, Cliff. They are not nut jobs. Yes, we're nut jobs. Um, but uh, is that something you've uh, ever kind of, or always appreciated as a, as a promoter? You've always been a lovely guy to me. Is it as simple as being lovely to everyone, or do you make yeah. kind of allowances for a comedian's uh, nuttiness, as you as you say? Um, you know? So you want me to name names? Um, <laughs> Please don't name names. <laughs> um, I have had very few instances of uh, comments coming through that I've thought oh, that will sell. Mm. Uh, very few. Um, I used to be in a band. I used to, yeah, I used to be in a band. Anyway, and we played around the country and um, played with lots of support bands and other musicians. Absolute arseholes. And so I've never really, I've never liked booking bands to play upstairs at the pub. Um, there have been some exceptions actually. I've put some some artists on who've been absolutely lovely, um, and it's been fine. But generally, I think bands think a bit much of themselves when they're playing that kind of level of gig mm. you know they 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 don't 
they haven't earned the right to be divas where if you're playing a, a 60 seater <laughs> above a pub yeah. um so and comedians just aren't like that at all um comedians are self-deprecating in not just on stage but genuinely they are uh <laughs> i don't want to say they're insecure but they 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 they're more you can realistic. say that you can they're say more that. realistic about about how the live entertainment industry works um I, I you know one way i've always put it is if if a band if you put a band on and no one turns up they blame you if you put a comedian on and no one turns up they blame themselves which <laughs> yeah a lot of the time a lot of the time it might well be my fault but but it's nice not to feel like you're the arsehole <laughs> that's nice nice and um talking about ourselves there's been a lot internally um in comedy in the comedy industry about bad behavior and ourselves in yes. in comedy there's a few there's a couple yes. so at least two professional comedians have come out and apologized for their bad behavior in the past uh, to say the least um so yeah, if, if you haven't a few notably have jumped, just doubled down and said yeah <laughs> yeah yeah fuck I'm you a, i'm an arsehole yeah. yeah fuck you i'm an arsehole i'm carrying on yeah so um no surprise this has come up in various kind of whatsapp groups and messages that i've shared with a with a few comedians and we were talking about something the other day i wanted to run past you it might be a tricky question but um someone mentioned that a pro uh, another promoter of uh, an open mic gig this is was saying that uh, put out a message online saying anyone that's been treated badly, um, any uh, instances of ourselves in the industry, come forward, let me know who they are. And I'll 100% believe you and I won't book that person, you know? And we just thought that's a kind of maybe um, a dangerous ground to take because mm. while, as you say, 90%, 99% of comedians are lovely, I'm sure you know some and I certainly know one or two that are pathological <laughs> liars and uh, nut jobs, as you said. And um, so it may be a tricky question, as I say, with no answer at the moment, but have you put any thoughts towards if someone came to you at the next Brighton Fringe and said, oh, why are you booking this person? This person did this to me. What you do, or would you hope that things like maybe the Live Comedy Association that's coming on board and making some noise about dealing with this properly would uh, be the be the kind of body that will deal with this issue um there i mean there already has was an incident last year that i didn't didn't know was an incident until after fringe had finished mm. but um where two people had had uh bust up a, le a bust up involving legal letters being you know exchanged and kind of don't go near me don't you know and rumors and and stuff yeah. um it's it's really difficult because it is. It's tricky. It's tricky. because without it going to trial or anything, and we're not talking like you know assault or anything like that. We're mm. just talking about a war of words, I think. Yeah. Um, um, without you know actually you know someone passing a <laughs> verdict and saying this person was right, this person was wrong. Mm. It's really difficult. You have to use your judgment a bit and. I don't know. It's, it's very difficult. There's been attempts over the years to put some structure around things like this. And I think, um, you know, let's see what happens with the Live Comedy Association. I think, um, you know, it could work. And certainly, as you say, I think both sides of the story, I think, is um, important in this and judgments, you know. But then, you know, I, there's, there's been some acts that I haven't felt comfortable about because of their political views or what I've assume their political views might be from their blurbs uh, <laughs> that other people have booked and 
I've I've thought, really? Are we really going to have this? You know, outspoken right wing, still right wing. You know, whatever they are, whatever they think they are, mm. um, in a in a place where we have signs up saying, you know, gender neutral toilets. You know, people can use whatever toilets they like. Mm. Uh, is that not just asking for them to stand on stage and be arseholes about it? So, yeah. on the other hand, yes, there is a freedom of speech issue. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, We're going to get back onto TV and uh, <laughs> in a second. So I don't want to, you know, um, take work away from decent comedians just because the concept of the of the whole night is dubious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right. So. Um, I do, before we close, obviously Ooh. want to talk about our mutual love of uh, television. It's nothing, nothing to do with the podcast, of course, but every time I see you and uh, things we share on Facebook, we do, have a, uh, we do have a mutual love of television. But before we go there, one, one last question before we go there. Do you have, and of course you do, because you're so positive, do you have optimism for the future, for comedy in general, <laughs> that we're all going to recover? Because as comedians... We're getting pessimistic, Cliff. The, the, the job, you know, work isn't coming back. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, the one I, time I needed you to be positive, but <laughs> not. Say you've got some work for me, Cliff. That's what I'm asking you. Yesterday, I was thinking, uh, it seems really unlikely that anything will happen this year in, the live, on, in terms of live comedy. Yeah. Today, I'm thinking, hmm, why not? Probably August. So who knows? There we knows? go. That's that's what we want. Brighton Fringe apparently is still on for October, November. So let's. But you know, you've always got the park in Buxton. I have. Thank you for the plug. But we've already sold out. Three <laughs> 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 times over. I can put that on my CV uh, with the audience of five as it is. Um, <laughs> right. So yes, before we close, um, we're talking about films, but we do have a mutual interest in uh, some TV that other people strangely regard as shit like bullseye and um but i noticed on the other the other day are you are you an eastenders fan if you um uh i okay so there's two breaks in my eastenders watch and i started <laughs> on 19th february 1985 when it's when it began of course. i watched it for some months until my mum said it was too rude for a child to be watching because <laughs> they used to say dickhead on that show and stuff like that you know oh, really okay yeah 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 I distinctly remember Mary the Punk saying to her boyfriend, <laughs> he means a porno, you dickhead. <laughs> but that'll um, be tame compared to what they're probably saying cunt now, aren't they? <laughs> uh, sadly not. It, it, is, it is tamer these days. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there was a little break there. And then when we bought the pub, we just didn't have time for TV at all. So we oh. cancelled our, our Virgin Media subscription. We just didn't watch TV for a bit. Mm. And uh, we, we only got back into EastEnders when Danny Dyer was joining, <laughs> that could be fun. And it, indeed it has been. Oh, nice, nice. So yeah, as I said, our mutual of a bullseye. I think, I think my, um, I judge a person now on whether they like bullseye or not. So Cliff, mm. you're my only friend <laughs> in the world. A lot of people going, why are you obsessed with bullseye? You, you, wouldn't, like, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't like my wife. <laughs> yeah, and you wouldn't like everyone else I know. Um, <laughs> that's why we found each other, Cliff. <laughs> I mean, how can we explain to other people what they're missing? I just think, and what I have a problem with, I, I'm just like, you're missing it. If you don't get what's so good about it, you're missing it. You're seeing, you're watching it on a, the wrong level. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, yeah, I think you're right because as a sort of quiz show, game show, it doesn't really work that well because the entire <laughs> second part is just darts. There's no, there's no quiz element to the second part of the show. Oh yeah, so the the content as it's supposed to be, I can see why people would find that dull or whatever. But it's the layer underneath that, or the set yeah, of layers for me definitely. underneath that that are interesting, particularly. Yeah, the, just just yeah. like how life used to be in the eighties. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, these days you watch a quiz show and you're everyone's already upbeat and cheery and hey what do you do for a living hey that's really great uh on bullseye it's uh so, what do you do for a living actually i'm on it i'm unemployed at the moment jim uh, well it's tough time isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, and I everything's could... so brown <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brown sets, brown suit. Um, <laughs> I think I think we should do a podcast one day about our love of bullseye. I fear it will just be me and you listening, but uh, why oh, not? I'll tell you and... my I think my favourite bit of bullseye ever is where in the opening bit where they where he meets the contestants, which is yeah, always probably probably that's the, the, the favourite bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, one of the contestants is a prison officer. Yes, Jim, Jim goes, Hess. For... Yeah, Jim goes. Yeah. You've got a funny story about Rudolf Hess, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, this is my favourite one as well. Of course, of course we share our favourite episode. And the funny story is horrific. And like, what? <laughs> the, the funny story is him giving Rudolf Hess the gun. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we were guarding him with guns and we just became his mate and we said, oh, you have the gun. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> What a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> he, wasn't yeah. quite, he wasn't quite partridge. He was his own person, but he was, um, yeah, I could talk to you all day about that. I like, I like particularly that Jim Bowen didn't like anyone else getting a laugh. And you have to watch it very carefully to notice <laughs> that. But when the contestants got a laugh, he would just trample over it a yeah. little bit. Or when Tony Green was getting a laugh, he was like, mm, I'm the comedian. <laughs> You know, they're just in his eyes. It's so subtle why it's so brilliant. But um, mm. yes, join us, everyone, with our love of Bullseye. So, Cliff, thank you so much. Uh, lovely to talk to a promoter. So positive. If only the comedians were as positive as you, we'd all have this industry uh, back on. Um, can't wait for the Brian. Well, rules is rules. Indeed, indeed. Any other messages for the world before we close anything else you want to point people towards we've mentioned your well, podcast and yeah yeah i mean listen to the devil time side horror podcast if you're into horror and uh, funny people being funny about horror uh we're you know we're we're not we're not we don't do serious an analysis um we don't strictly just take the piss out of everything but um you know with people like phil Jared and brian you know emily mcquade and luke Poulton, essex comedian of the year on it it's, it's always a laugh wonderful Thank you so much, Cliff. Uh, it's been lovely to talk to you. Been a um, delight. And as a, uh, to send me off, you're the penultimate episode of Daily Dose. I'm now tired after talking to 70 comedians, 70 brilliant award-winning comedians. Just tell me this, Cliff. I'm the best, aren't I? Oh, I really, <laughs> I really look forward to your shows every year. <laughs> I wasn't answering the questions, Cliff. <laughs> Um, beautiful. Thank you so much, Cliff. Uh, lots of love. Good luck with the reopening of the Caroline of Brunswick. Mid midday, is it? Or 10am on Saturday? It's midday. Um, we're doing a two-week trial, really, to see what yeah. happens. All right. Get down there. 
and support it. And lots of love to Tammy, one of your co-workers. Mm, um, yes, had some awful news recently. But um, lots of love to you all, Cliff. Thank you very much uh, for joining me today. Thank you. The brilliant Cliff Barnes there gets the Caroline of Brunswick on Twitter at Caroline Pub. And if you're in Brighton or anywhere in the country, get down to the Caroline and support them over the next couple of weeks. And then, of course, when the comedy opens up, hopefully very soon. So, yes, that was our penultimate Daily Dose show. We have one more show on Saturday. And giving nothing away, it draws these Daily Dose shows to a wonderful conclusion, a wonderful perfect circle. There's a clue there. So, yes, please listen back on all these daily shows, all the main shows. Please give us a five-star review. All your words, your messages and your reviews are so incredible. And thank you so much for your support. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk. There are mental health tips there from our counselling partner professionals at ThreadUp. And one more time, if you'd like to support the podcast with a tiny bit of cash, then it's patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy for just £5 a month. You can support the podcast and get loads of bonus audio and video content. Loads more going on there over the next month. So please, please, please support the podcast in that way if you can afford a couple of pounds a month. I'm Nathan Cassidy. Loads of love to you all. Stay healthy. Stay optimistic. Tune back in for the final Daily Dose show on Saturday before we do some best of shows in July. And then we're returning. The relaunch of, I guess, the second season of Psychomedy with our weekly episodes on Friday, August the 7th. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Lots of love. Pod people.